At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two of Primetime Action live from the South Point. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Glad you could hang out with us tonight, Monday night, after the greatest weekend of football ever. The greatest day of football ever. We'll continue with the uh, Saturday games. We already went through the uh, two Sunday games. We'll talk about both the uh, Bengals and the Titans and the Niners and the Packers momentarily. But first, Kelly, with the update of all the scores. Yeah, we've got uh, just the one game going in the NBA right now. Knicks on top of the Cavaliers, 48-47, to one minute left in the first half. Live numbers on this game, Cavaliers still favored three and a half, two and a half to three and a half. You'll find on the live lines, 198 and a half your live total. Over on the ice, four games in action. Rangers up on the Kings, one to nothing at the first intermission. Rangers minus 450 live. Kings plus 295 is the live total. Stars up on the Flyers, one to nothing. Second period just getting started. Stars minus 450 live. Flyers plus 295. Live total set at five. Uh, Ducks lead the Bruins, one to nothing at the first intermission. Ducks minus 120. Bruins minus 110. Total at five. And at the first intermission between Vegas and the Washington Capitals, it is scoreless. Live numbers on this game, Capitals minus 150. Uh, Golden Knights plus 110. And the total, four and a half. Over in college basketball, Louisville and Virginia at the half. Virginia leading that one 35-23. Virginia 11-point live favorite, 123 the live total on that game. And then two NBA games starting here in the next 10 minutes. Pacers at the Pelicans. Pelicans three and a half point favorite, uh, two eighteen the total for that game. A ton of injuries on both sides. So if you are planning on betting it, definitely make sure to go through that thoroughly. Uh, Bulls at the Thunder, starting here in the next uh, ten minutes as well. Thunder about a pick 'em, or you could find a one point favorite on either side here. Uh, two seventeen and a half is the total. Uh, just saw that Vooch will play for the Bulls tonight. Vooch. La- Levine is back. DeMar DeRozan is out. This is another This is another game with a lot of injuries, especially on the Chicago side. So check it out before you go and, go and bet anything. All right. Uh, since we're doing this in reverse order, and Matt said something about the, uh, the Packers-Niners game on Twitter that I wanted to get to also because uh, he was taking some incoming on that. But literally, like I, I texted Jeff Parlay, my producer, on a numbers game, uh, after the two Saturday games, I'm like, what was the most gut-wrenching loss between those two? How silly of a question that felt like 24 hours later after we saw what the Bills endured. But let's do it uh, reverse. Let's continue the reverse. Green Bay 
loses to San Francisco 13-10. Imagine Green Bay ends up with the fewest points of all of the playoff teams all weekend long with just 10. And as I mentioned uh, in the past hour, after their opening touchdown drive to go up 7 to nothing, the rest of the Packers drives the rest of the way. Fumble. That was Mercedes Lewis. Fumble. Punt, punt, punt. Blocked field goal, punt, field goal. Blocked, punt, punt. That was it. The Niners didn't get their first first down, their first completion, pardon me, didn't get their first completion, and first time that they had positive total yardage was on a 15-yarder to George Kittle with 6.36 left in the second quarter. That's how long it took them to get into positive ground. The Niners had it all set up late in the first half. They were getting outplayed. They were still only down 7-0. They had the ball deep in Packers territory. First and goal at the Green Bay 19, 109 left in the second quarter. Holding penalty, and then Jimmy G rears his head with a horrible pick. Adrian Amos making the play, and you're thinking to yourself, they're never going to have enough to win this. Um, But yet they did. Yet they did. Despite the fact that third and three, by the way, at the end of the first half, the 75-yarder to Aaron Jones, where Jimmy Ward blew the coverage, that ends up being a Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa ends up forcing a fumble late in the first half. We never get to see the replay as to who actually recovered it. We have to take their word for it, uh, that it was the uh, Packers. Mason Crosby gets that block by Jimmy Ward. So they go into the half, 7 to nothing. Later, it's 10 to 3. And then it's the, uh, it's the blocked punt, 6-14 left. Um, by the way, 6-14 left. There was a third and one for the Niners in this game. Couldn't get it done. If only they had drafted someone with the third overall pick who could help them in high leverage plays. Green Bay, three and out, punting from their own 12 with 4.50 left the play of the game. Jordan Willis, with them not even trying to block the punt, he blocks it. Talanoa Hufanga scores 10-10. to And Matt, it didn't even look like the Packers knew they could recover that. They were nowhere to be found. Yeah, well, I honestly think that the weird—I think the way that the ball went up, like I think people didn't even like know what was going on. It's the weirdest. Like, thing. like I, it was like in the air for what felt like a minute and a half. But it, yeah, it was the it was the weirdest because even I like because the the camera didn't immediately follow it either. So you see the punt get blocked, but then you're like, where the hell did the ball go? Like, what's what's going on? It was because it just had this like weird like trajectory after the the block. The last Packers play, we'll close it with this. Last Packers play. Was that was Aaron Rodgers going deep, ten to ten game, to Devontae Adams? He was double covered. Did you get the feeling that that whole game, Rodgers didn't trust anybody but Adams to his detriment? Yeah, I mean this is this is why we keep looking back on this pick whenever they took Jordan Love, and you can point to games like this whenever you start to say that was a yes, that is a wasted. Any way you look at it, that is a wasted pick because you were not ever going to Jordan. And so now you you could have gotten someone in there that by this time would be a second-year guy for Aaron Rodgers who could be a legitimate number two option. Gil, they did not have a completion to a wide receiver other than Devontae Adams until 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Jesus. Until 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter. That was the that was the first non either running back, tight end, or wide receiver. It was a it was 14 minutes in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's just it, it was it, it was no trust whatsoever with any of these other guys, and and it's just and, and again like it, you you go back to this and did, did Rogers play good? No, he didn't. He played he he played pretty poorly. He made some bad decisions. There were a couple of different times you could see there were other guys at least open. Now whether they would have caught it or not, who knows? But they were at least open. But like you said, he just didn't he didn't trust anybody other than Devontae Adams, and maybe because he is as stubborn as he is, and maybe that's just his personality. But he's like, come hell or high water, I'm going to this guy every single time. 
Packers had the ball four times after halftime. They had 48 total yards. It was 63 until the last two drives when they went for minus nine and then had the punt blocked and then minus six. That was your Green Bay Packers number one seed. And the Niners win at 13 to 10. Robbie Gold sinks the uh, the field goal at the end to seal the deal. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo could have thrown about four pick sixes yeah. in that game. Yeah, it was very, very fortunate for him that this game went the the way that it did. It, I, I tweeted about this as a joke during the game, but did it not feel like when Mercedes Lewis fumbled on that second possession that that just stopped the 49ers from getting trucked in that game? From getting beat by a thousand. Yeah, yeah like it was like if they yes. went down and just scored on that drive, which by the way, they were just moving again, like yep. no big deal. And it, he fumbled that ball, and it, I was like, I can't say for sure that he ruined this game for us, but I feel like he ruined this game for us. It's amazing. You, if, if, you, if, someone had, if they had stopped right there and someone had said to you right before that play, this is the peak of the game for the Packers. <laughs> yeah. This moment, is yeah. not, they're not, it's not going to be any better the rest of the way than I, this. What's funny is when, when, when I, when I, all I thought the whole first half, because after that first drive, and then, you know, and then you get up to that fumble, like you said, Matt, they're moving the ball well. All I thought the fr- whole first half was like, okay, the Packers better watch out. You're because le- you're you're leaving points out on the field here, right? You don't want to don't let the 49ers keep this close. And then it's like, oh, the second half happened. Never mind. This was going to be close all along. Yeah, Gil, and I think you're alluding to one of the things that I said during the game, where I was just like, you know, this was a weather game, and, I, and like in a playoff game. Oh yes, in a playoff game, I would just prefer each. I would just prefer each team to be able to play. And, and we see who wins on the field. And this game was complete guard. I mean, like, these guys couldn't catch the ball. You could see that they were freezing cold. I There were there were a couple of people who went to this game, and apparently, like, your feet, like, your feet get so cold oh, sitting yeah. in the sta- sitting oh, in the yeah. stands or whatever because it just you're just <laughs> not used to it. Like the the locals were sitting there telling these people who had like come up. You know, there was like there were some 49er fans there and also. Hey, Rob, by the way, there? by the way, the you, you know what? You know what the get-in price was, guys? No, thirty bucks. Oh my! That, if you want to know how much they don't like the weather, wow. even the people that live there, the get-in price was thirty bucks to get into this game. Um, but you know, so I said, look, I understand the charm of Lambo, I understand all that stuff like that, but I just want to see these guys play at an elite level. And yeah, people got all you know mad at me because I said that and all that stuff. But it's like eleven teams play in domes, four other the four other teams play in either California or Florida, and you've you're, you're looking at this, and it's half the league plays in ideal conditions. There's a reason why Super Bowls don't get played in in Green Bay. Yeah. There's a reason why Super Bowls are in L.A. and Vegas and New Orleans and Miami and all these places like that. Yeah, because you want optimal conditions. The the only pushback on that, and not that it's a surprising bit of pushback, it's pushback yeah. that you that you know is that's supposed to be the Packers' advantage. Yeah, right. Like that's so I, I totally hear what you're saying, but like that's specifically why Lambeau's supposed to be mm-hmm. their advantage. But we said it all year on this show yeah. that all of the, the only team in the NFC that was built to beat them at Lambeau, and I know it worked out in the funniest of all ways, in the funkiest of all ways, because we said. In the AFC, there were teams, Titans, Colts, uh, Browns. We saw that Browns blueprint, right, where Aaron Rodgers just sat there helplessly on the sideline, and, and thankfully for the Packers, Baker Mayfield threw that pick to Rasul Douglas. But we knew the Niners were the one team, and that was why Bosa and Warner were such a big deal. They were everything in that game. But it's an interesting take what you had, which is you would just prefer to see it played in pristine conditions so you know the true 
what you're saying is without elements interfering. Well, at least, look, there's cold and then there's that, right? I mean, like, it's it's different. Like, I mean, you can play in cold. I'm not, like, totally concerned with that. I mean, it was cold. It's You know, it's going to be cold in Kansas City. It was cold in, in Tennessee. I get, I get all that. But, like... The wind chill was zero degrees. I mean, like that—that that is a different level of everything, right? <laughs> I mean, that's brutal. a zero. That's a, that's a completely different level of of everything, and that that does affect the game. I mean, like George Kittle does not get hit directly in the hands, oh. and then just and, and, and he like looked at his hands as if to say. Like, you're not functioning properly. Like, like he looked at his hands, like they were they did something wrong. People forget about that. That was that was after the Mercedes Lewis fumble. The yeah. next drive, Jimmy G hits Kittle wide open, streaking across yeah. the middle of the field. It just yeah. clanks off of him. <laughs> How many people do you think are listening to this? Are screaming at you right now? Going, it's football, man! I know it's football. It's, it's football. football. Football's meant to be played outside, even though eleven teams don't do that. Ladies and gentlemen, the Titans requiem for the Titans next. So hard to say goodbye to yesterday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN's schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast, catch replays of all our shows, or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book. That's with me, Gil Alexander, or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, the Wide World of Wine Garden, and many more. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast, Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Uh, Kelly, you know how I had you uh, doing the Rocky theme? Do you know, do you know the, uh, it's so hard to say goodbye? No. You don't know that one? It sounds like you're doing a great job. You don't, you don't know yesterday. that song? No. Boys to Men remade it? I guess you don't know that? I guess like... Yeah. He's a little. I mean, yeah. like he he knows Boys about. Was like a li- yeah, he knows like, about sixty percent of the references <laughs> that we make, but like there are forty. Yeah, that but, just yeah. Boys to Men. Like you know, did, did I own a CD or two for sure? But like, do I know their whole their whole uh, track Whoa. list? That like Gil probably does. No, I don't. Sorry. Like Gil probably does. Yeah. Gil knows it. Damn it. <laughs> Bengals beat the Titans first of the four games. On Saturday, uh, and they beat him just in dramatic fashion, 19-16. to 16. We figured, oh, wow, that was a good football game. Well, I, think, I wonder if other games will be this good. Turns out it was the least exciting of all, but it was damn good itself. Ryan Tannehill picks on the first pass of the game, the last pass of the game, the first pass of the second half. First pass of the game, intersection, uh, interception, six plays later, McPherson, 38-yard field goal, three to nothing. 
Uh, that was a Jesse Bates pick. Now, uh, towards the end of the quarter, Burrow throws low and inside to Jamar Chase. Chase nabs it, goes 57 yards. That leads to a 6 to nothing lead. McPherson, 45-yard field goal. Second quarter, Tennessee, 11-17 left, down 6 to nothing. Tannehill to Brown for 41 yards. Eight plays later, it's Derrick Henry, 6-6. to Now, Cincinnati, too many men on the field. Ball goes to the one-yard line. Matt, I had no problem with Vrabel going for it there. No, and everyone was losing their mind. But, like, you're not planning on not being able to score in the game, yes. right? Like, so at that point, if you – everyone's like, no, 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 you just, you, just, you, just, you just take the lead and all stuff like that. Well, no, listen, here's the deal. If you have, if you have Derrick Henry and you have one yard to go and you, you go can get – for a, it. I mean, like, you're not, planning, you're not planning on struggling offensively for the entire game. Yes. So, like, yes, in retrospect, it's very easy for people to come back and go, now that one point and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. It's like you don't know that you're going to get – bad quarterback play the whole time. Like you don't know like you, you don't no, you can't you don't. see the future. Like so I had no problem with no. anything Vrabel did. Vrabel to me he punted appropriately, he went for two appropriately. By the way, he also seeing the two for one coming when the Bengals had the ball six to six. Unlike Bruce Arians, he didn't take the two-for-one laying down. Bruce Arians mysteriously didn't call timeouts at the end of the first half when the when the Rams were knocking at the door, got bailed out by a fumble at the one. Vrabel didn't take it. Didn't take it sitting down. It ends up being nine to six going into the half in favor of the Bengals. Bengals first drive of the second half, they matriculate the ball down the field at sixteen to six. And if you're holding Titans futures tickets like I am, you're like, oh no, what's going on? But, but forty-five yard Foreman run, first and goal at the nine. The Titans set up to uh, to answer back. Tannehill pass tipped at the line by Mike Hilton, and he picks it off. And at that point, you know Ryan Tannehill is just your kryptonite. After a Cincinnati three and out, though, Tannehill, it's A.J. Brown for 40, on their way to a field goal, 16-9. First play, subsequent drive. Burroughs pass picked by Amani Hooker. In real time, I didn't think it was a pick. After replay, I didn't think it was a pick. But it was a pick, apparently. Did you think that was a pick? So, by all accounts, right, like, if you catch a ball as it's hitting the ground, like again, it goes back to what we don't, we don't know what the hell a catch is anymore. When we grew and, up, that wasn't a catch. That no, wasn't. Yeah, a if pick. you catch a ball as it's hitting yes. the ground, yes, that that was not a catch back in the day. But now they're like, but the ball didn't move, and the tip can do this, and the whatever and whatever. It came down to the call on the field. Yeah, if it had been a if, right. yes, if it had been a totally yes, absolutely. If he throws the red flag, he doesn't win that. If 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 it's called a, a an incompletion. So then Tannehill to AJ Brown, unbelievable pass and catch, thirty three yards, and all of a sudden it's sixteen to sixteen. Tennessee ends up with the ball for the first time in a tie game since it was 0-0 since the first play of the game with 11-18 left in the fourth quarter. Third and one at the Cincinnati 35, 8.06 left. Can we just sneak the ball? Tannehill keeper, stoned. Fourth and one at the Cincinnati 35, 7.21 left. Henry, stoned. Cincinnati eventually has to punt again. Tennessee first and 10 at their own 16, 2.43 left. They have the ball in a tie game. Five plays later, third and five at the Tennessee 40. Both teams in purgatory. Neither can call a timeout. Cincinnati doesn't want to call one because if Tennessee gets a first down, they want them to have as little time as possible. Tennessee doesn't want to call a timeout because Cincinnati, they know uh, that if they don't get the first down, they want to leave Cincinnati as much time as as, as few time as possible. As the clock rolls down to 30 seconds and 29 seconds, Zach Taylor's on the sideline frantically trying to call a timeout because he doesn't like the defensive formation. The officials don't see it. The play goes off. Tannehill, pick. Oh, Logan Wilson. Next play, first and 10 at the Cincinnati 47. 20 seconds left, and we know that's an eternity now. Burrow to chase for 19 yards. Field goal range, McPherson, 52 yards. Katie bar the door. 
Bengals win. Few different takeaways from this game. One, all the people that were that were screaming as to how bad a pick Jamar Chase was for this for this squad. I hope you at least have written your articles now and you have gone on your radio shows and you've done whatever and said, I was I was wrong. That guy has I would venture to say he's worth at least two to three wins for this team this year from just how dynamic of a playmaker he is and what how, how he can switch the field and or score in the blink of an eye, right? And then we talked about this leading into this, that he led the that he had more 50-yard touchdowns than the next closest guy had 25-yard touchdowns on the course of the season. And, and, I mean, that's just not a trait that a lot of these guys have, you know? And, and he is a game changer, and he did all that he could for this team. Now, final score 1916. This game could have been way worse in 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 favor of Cincinnati. If you look at this, Chase, Jamar Chase, one-on-one with a blocker and gets tackled and they have to settle for a field goal. I was shocked he did not house that. <laughs> shocked. Jamar Chase one-on-one with a blocker and gets tackled for a t- gets tackled, they have to settle for a field goal. And and, and to his credit, he played absolutely horrible. I think his best play of the whole game, Ryan Tannehill, was he throws the pick and he tackles and he t- and he makes the tackle. That is a pick six on 28 other quarterbacks in this league. Lamar Jackson runs the guy down. Kyler Murray runs the guy down. Maybe that that might end the list right there. But like Ryan Tannehill's fast. He actually got a. They, they did the. He was a wide receiver. They, at college. Yeah, they, they did the next gen. They did yeah. the next gen stats. Whatever. He got to 18 miles an hour. He's a wide out in college on on that tackle. Yeah. And again, that's a pick six on 28 other quarterbacks in this league. That could have been. That didn't end up in a touchdown either. So th- this scoreboard isn't even indicative of, of what kind of game this could have this could have been right here. And, and I mean, look, it just all goes back to, and I actually do fault Vrabel for one thing in this game. And I, I think Vrabel is has been and should be either right there neck and neck with Zach Taylor or or, or win coach of the year in this thing. But I think he was loyal to a fault in this game with Derrick Henry. I was going to ask you about that. He had 20 carries for 62 yards, yeah. 3.1 yards a carry. And listen, it's 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 part of the reason why I didn't agree with your with your assessment of this team moving forward because we did not know what Derrick Henry we were going to get back with this team. And look, the eye test showed like he was rusty. I don't think he was bad. He was just rusty. He yep. didn't have the burst. He didn't have the thing. He didn't have and, and and the reason I say loyal to a fault is because Foreman only got four carries. Like, I'm fine with if you want to give your, your guy carries, but after Foreman showed the burst that he showed and it was able to flip the field that time that he was able to do that and everything, I don't know. I think it was a little bit of coaching a little bit of coaching malpractice, and I and more than anything, there is the track record with Derrick Henry. This isn't like what we're talking about with some of these other games. Like I understand you're loyal to your dude, you ride your horse, you ride your guy. Yes, but one, one thing to be loyal to Cam Akers, another yes, thing to be loyal yes. to Derrick Henry. And, yes, but but I I do believe loyal to, loyal to a fault. I agree point. with you. I think you're 100 percent right about that. No question. And Derrick Henry was rusty. You're you're 100 percent right about that. Now I'll respectfully disagree with the fact that you think that the Bengals should have won this going away. Whenever you were sacked the opposing quarterback nine times and mitigate that by three picks, I would say you might have been able to crush the other team. Uh, so I, I'm not sure I agree with that point at all. But let me get back to, to my thing about the Titans. The bet, remember, was for them to get the number one seed, 
And then I said repeatedly, at that point, who knows what happens? But you just got to set up your bet as well as possible. I also did say, though, that if they didn't get to the AFC Championship, the bet's kind of a bust. And so the bet ended up being a bust. If you can't get to the next step championship game, I probably would have felt, yeah, okay, that we gave it a run. But the fact that they came up short in this game was just such a, just such a testament uh, and such a reflection of Ryan Tannehill's really true level in this. What really bothered me also about him, guys, is I didn't see the face I wanted to see. I want to see some emotion. And he just looks nonplussed. And it makes you dislike him. It oh, makes you just get upset about it while it's happening. It's like, show some emotion. I, the, I know show me something. I know, I know Tannehill and Garoppolo have had good, not not even just solid, good statistical years over the past few years. I will never trust those two. I'm sorry. In big games, when we get down to this point of the season, I cannot trust betting on either one of them. Think about the difference. Garoppolo came oh so close to about not only four picks, but four pick sixes. Tannehill threw the ball into coverage, bounces, goes to the Bengals all three times, which is equally wrong, right? Equally bad. Bad things will happen. Bengals get there, 19 to 16. We'll preview the championship games, how we feel about those on the seven and on the three on two key numbers. And we'll talk Australian Open as well. It's VEASAN's primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime, of course, uh, the futures of Tom Brady. And of Aaron Rodgers, very much uh, in doubt now. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens with those two guys moving forward. Will Tom Brady retire? Will he not? Will Aaron Rodgers leave the Packers? Sure sounds like, by what he said yesterday, saying, I'm not, I don't want to be part of a rebuild, that he may be on his way. The Packers are $44 million over the cap. So that ain't good. So futures markets would be very interesting this offseason. Um, and these things happen quick, right? It's going to happen probably before free agency, which we'll find out about the Rodgers decision. So yeah, because they're they're. I mean, look, we saw the Saints pull off miracles last year and all that. So like, they'll be able to knock that number down a ton. But the problem is, is they've got to they're going to have to franchise tag Devontae Adams because like he's not going to sign a long term deal there, not knowing what Aaron Rodgers' future is and what right. he's going to do. And he wants number one wideout money. So they're going to ta- they're going to have to tag him, and that's going to be like twenty four, twenty five million dollars for him. So even if they do knock that number down, they're going to have to give an additional, you know, seven eight million dollars to Devontae Adams this year as well. I, I just it's going to be. I think it's going to be rough. I mean, I mean, if I could put, if I could put, if I had any idea what was going to be going on in Chicago or or Minnesota or something like that, I'd probably put in a future bet today on one of those to win the uh, to win the NFC North. Here's a tweet from Gronk. Year 11 in the books. What a ride it's been. Grateful to the Bucks for giving me an opportunity to play another year. To my teammates, thank you for giving everything you had. The sweat we shed and memories made will never be forgotten. Thanks to the crew too. Year 12? Question marks. What he should put is, is Brady coming back? Because if so, I will too. And if not, it'll be done. Gronk just tweeted this like 15 minutes ago. But this was, uh, these guys are driving me nuts these days. Where it's like, they just love playing with your minds. And it's like, I mean, that that is a retirement tweet. Until the last sentence, right? I mean, year that is the 12? thanks for the ride. Year 12? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to get to the AFC and NFC Championship, but I want to I just read Ryan Hyatt's question of the night and just keep this in mind as we go through these. Uh, his question of the night is, what flaws were covered up this past weekend by NFL teams advancing that fans might not take into account this week? So we'll just keep that in mind. The first of the two championship games on Sunday will be the AFC Championship. 
Uh, and by the way, the guesses, we, we guessed these lines last week looking ahead to championship mm-hmm. week, dead on yeah. on both of these. Bengals at Chiefs, it is seven. It is seven. And Ryan, for me, and let me just say, let, let me just answer the question. What flaws were covered up this past weekend? To me, the Bengals, listen, um, the Titans were the first team to lose a playoff game while having nine sacks in a game since the merger. The Bengals were the first team to win a playoff game while allowing nine sacks since the 66 Chiefs. Burrow, the first quarterback to be sacked nine times, win a playoff game. But it goes beyond that for me. Remember the Bengals here the last two weeks. The whistle that came before the touchdown against the Raiders should have been replayed. Uh, There was a false start before a sack yesterday, right? Got replayed. The sack didn't count. The penalty on Cincinnati on the extra point that led to trying the two. Now, yes, Cincinnati did make the stop, but imagine they had they had the penalty of 12 men on the field that led to that game remaining tied 6-6. Six to six. And then Taylor frantically trying to call timeout. He doesn't, and then Tannehill throws the pick. They've had a beautiful run of good fortune as well. Let's be clear about that. And I just think, Matt, that the Chiefs are, are just going to outclass them. Yeah, I don't, I mean, as far as like the answer to that question, I mean, I don't think any of the flaws for the Bengals are hidden at all. I mean, like, it's very obvious the offensive line is the flaw, and I don't think anybody, I don't think that's hidden, like, at all, right? I mean, that's the, the, that's front and center, right, for, for this team. And on the Chiefs side of things, I don't really know if, you know, if, if there is anything that, that you would be considered a flaw that, that kind of is going under the radar with this team. I mean, like, you know, we're we're seeing we're seeing them kind of peak at you know at the at the, at the right time and and certainly clicking on all cylinders and more than anything it's it's that thing that we were talking about at the middle of the season where they Patrick Mahomes is taking what he's what the defenses are giving Patrick Mahomes didn't throw a pass over 20 yards down the field yesterday not one time not one single time like, like it, it's it's it, that's with Tyreek Hill on the team. That's with Travis Kelsey on the team. That's with the other burners on the team and all that. Like he's just taking what these defenses get defenses give him. And when you have all those playmakers and you've got these creative play calls coming from Andy Reid and all that, like I, I think that it's a uh, I think it's a pretty tough, tough deal. But that being said, I mean, this defense can still be scored on. Right. I mean, like this defense can still be scored on. And this defense doesn't do near as well pressuring the quarterback as, as the Titans defense does. And so. Um, not with front, not not with just the front four as it is. Anyway, like that was the thing. Is the, the biggest difference yesterday is that the Titans just kept getting home with four, right? And like the the Chiefs haven't been able to get home with four all, all season long. They're not really like built for that, right? That's not really what they do. And let's not forget too, Tyron Matthew leaves this game, left this game with with a concussion. We'll see if he gets cleared. I mean, first play we, we've seen. I mean, we've seen these guys get through these concussion protocols, but still something to something for us to to keep in mind um, there as well with all this. I, I took the seven and a half. There, there's seven and a half here in Vegas. I took the seven and a half with Cincinnati. I think this game plays fairly similar to what we just saw from from the from the Bills, and I think it'll just kind of be a back and forth uh, back and forth score fest here. I don't think either one of these defenses are going to really shut down either one of these offenses throughout the course of the game and. With that, I mean, look, even if it is a whoever has ball last wins a game, I have seven and a hook. I feel pretty confident with seven and a hook um, with this one. And so uh, the other thing in this as well is that Cincinnati is much more efficient running the ball than than the Bills are. And that's mainly by design, right? The Bills are just – they don't want to run the ball. They just want to throw the ball every single time, and, and, and it works. But um, – you know, you do have Joe Mixon who can run the ball a little bit better, and he is a, a legitimate receiver out of the backfield as well, and all that. So there's the, the the added element 
with that. So, um, yeah, I think it plays within the seven and a half here. I think it's kind of closer, one of those close-ish type, type games. I don't, and, and it's going to be one of two. I wouldn't even play the seven. If you like the Chiefs, then play it like at 10. Play an all Like, the Chiefs are either going to motorboat this or it's going to be like a last possession game. Like, it's not going to be anything in between. Yeah, they. Uh, I was a little bit like we talked about these numbers last week and what we thought they'd be. I was a little surprised it actually opened this. I thought it was going to be short of seven, so it was six and a half for a blink. Okay, okay, it was six and a half for a blink. So I would like the seven and a half. I'm not jumping on it yet. I don't think I'll get there. I think this is a game I'm going to stay away from because I do think. I mean, regardless of where they're at, even if it's a backdoor situation, the Bengals' offense can strike so quickly. And, and, and you know, Tyron Matthew, I think, is a huge deal. We saw some struggles on that. I, I think I'm going to be on the over on this game again, though, just just with what we saw last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, the offensive line can be some problems, but, you know, sometimes, you know, sacks, fumbles, turnovers on that side of the ball helping over. I, I think I'm going right back to that uh, in Kansas City this week. I haven't made the bet yet, sitting at 54. Um, but I, I think you're gonna, I think you could see a lot of the same things that you saw, you know, maybe not that last two minutes, but a lot of the same things as far as offense goes with the ease of scoring between these two teams. Saturday night, uh, within a span of a few hours, the Packers end up scoring the fewest points of all the division round teams. Uh, Francis Nagano wins by decision, which was like a major, you know, upset in terms of uh, the betting number you yeah, could get nine on to that. Nine to one on that Packers uh, uh, Packers market. We looked at that last week. Nine to one, probably double digits for uh, Nagano winning by decision. Uh, Shapovalov beats Zverev in straight sets. We'll get to that. So, I mean, all kinds of upsets Saturday night. And so the Niners advance to the NFC Championship, which will follow the Bengals and the Chiefs on Sunday. Niners at the Rams, three and a half here in favor of the homestanding Rams. That game at 640 Eastern, 340 Pacific. Yeah, there, there are threes available. If I didn't have such incredible liability on the Rams, I would be... I would bet the Rams at three, but there's no point because yeah. I'm going to win more money. I'm going to win more money if they just win this game. It doesn't matter. So I, I just like I'm going to sit back and and enjoy um, the game. I played the three, Matt. I was that we were texting about this earlier. I played the three, but it's it, I I guarantee you it is the smallest NFL side bet I've played all year. It was just it was just because I knew the number was going to move right. Like I was like if I can still get three last night. I was like I know this is going to go to three and a half. At least. I was talking to Chrissy here. Chrissy Andrews runs the South Point Casino Sportsbook behind us. Because these numbers, I mean, when these numbers are on threes and sevens like that, the amount of betting action back and forth that takes place, toggling back Mm, and forth, is just ridiculous. So this will probably be their greatest championship weekend ever. Well, we saw that with, yeah. I mean, that was Jimmy Vercaro last week, you know, walking in Ram yeah. bet after Bucks bet yes. into the studio all week long. Because and it of the number. Three, three, two and a half, three, right. two and a half, three, two and a half. Yeah. And, and this the, one will just be on the other side. This one will be three, three and a right, half, three, yeah. three and a half, three, and, three and a half. Three, and the three. week before Tampa Bay or whatever, I can't even remember what week is what now. Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, same thing on the seven. Same thing. So the, both of these could go that way, toggling back and forth. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the Rams here, and again, I mean, we'll see report today that Debo's okay, um, but he left that game beat up. Trent Williams left that game beat up. Jimmy Garoppolo is horrible again. I mean, I, I just, you know, they're <laughs> there's just like, I mean, they're the better. The Rams are the better team by far. So, except for the fact that the, they can't beat the Niners. Yeah. It is crazy. What is it? Six in a row? Yeah, it's. Just, I didn't even realize it was that much. Jimmy like Garoppolo is on the doorstep of his second Super Bowl in three years. 
It's wild. I'm with Matt. Like, I, 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 I love the Rams. If I, I, I love that I have the futures because otherwise I'd probably be loaded up on this game. But I'm probably more nervous about it than, uh, than I thought I would have been. The old future that we all got before the season started. And you got the best of the bunch. You got that well before the season yeah, started. Yeah, yeah. It was way back in. What were your way, numbers? Way back on the. It was not as good as I thought. So it's it's 13 on the 13 for the uh, for the conference and then 24 for the Super Bowl. Australian Open next. Beeson's primetime action. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare you are looking live at primetime action with gil alexander and matt brown on vsin the sports betting network Back on Primetime Action, live from the South Pole. Gil, Matt, Kelly, let's talk some tennis. Australian Open, by the way, my pick tonight, Gael Monfils, uh, plus 140. You can get him in a better number now against Matteo Berrettini later tonight. And when I mean later tonight, I mean late night while you're asleep. In Melbourne, by the way, how are we supposed to pronounce that? Melbourne like we would normally, or do we adopt the Australian? I don't, I, I don't adopt it. I don't adopt Because it I feel like you're being a poser. Being pretentious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I agree. Uh, okay, odds to win the Australian Open now as it stands, heading into the quarters. No surprise, Daniil Medvedev's minus 110. I actually think that's still low. I have yeah, a me- I mean, Medvedev. Seriously. Yeah. I have a Medvedev future just because it was a uh, sort of a protection against Zverev. By the way, how about our Zverev Dude, futures? D- uh, that was the most annoying match to watch. Like, he just uh, basically quit like in that thing. Like He just... The whole body. And you know what? I, we talk about this all the time where it's like tennis players will tell you when they are going to lose a match. And I was just so shocked at what I was watching. I didn't even grab my phone to make a live bet. Like, I'm just <laughs> sitting here going like, is this really? Ha-? Like, he's just hitting the bottom of the net with, like, his returns. And so, like, he just completely, completely was like, yeah, all right, it's over. I'm going to punt this off. Good good for Shapovalov, who's yeah. gotten really far here in a tournament. He's always been all about talent and not really – Manifesting that talent, but he's in the quarters here. Rob, twice to me this weekend, Gil. Which the the watching someone punt it off and not going in live betting oh. because I was just uh, the 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 typical Hallop punt off, right? Like where she just decides to oh. like like Simona Hallop. If you if you if you're not a tennis person, you can watch Simona Hallop play, and Simona Hallop will let you know about seven out of ten times when she's about to lose a match. Yes. Like she will just let it, she'll just post it like right there for you to watch. And I'm watching it happen, and I didn't. 
even think to go to my phone to make the bet. Now, she ended up, like, rallying and winning the second set, but then she loses the, the, the match or something. But in that first set, I go, oh, it's a, it's a Hallett punt-off match. Okay, here it is. And then I didn't even – I didn't make a live bet. It was, like, two of the stupidest things I did this week. I was not making live bets. The, on the mental aspect yeah. of tennis is unlike anything. Rafa Nadal, by the way, is the second short shot to win the men's side. He's at plus 250. Speaking of which, Nadal was playing Manorino in the uh, round of 16, and they played in the first set – Maybe the greatest tiebreaker I've ever watched in my life. I think it was like 16, 14. But the shot making, there was about seven or eight shots, seven or eight winners in that in that tiebreaker that were just among the greatest points you'll ever see. And you knew that if Nadal won that, speaking of your live betting thing, you knew if Nadal won that, that was the end. And it proved to be the end. He ends up winning in straight sets. Easy. The Easy. last two, yeah, the yeah. last two. Because how can a, you yeah. mentally? How can you? Yeah, how can you overcome that? Everybody else, by the way, is double digits. So there you go. To me, it's yeah. either Medvedev or Nadal at this point. But I think it's Medvedev. It's like you said to me, minus one ten. I think is a pretty fair. I do too. Price actually. Here are exactas for the finals: Nadal versus Medvedev is plus one fifty. Berrettini, who I think is losing tonight. Versus Medvedev is plus four fifty. Chapo versus Medvedev seven to one. Monfils versus Medvedev eight to one. And then you see some randos: Nadal versus Sinner, Nadal versus Tsitsipas. The long shots, I, and I think these are all appropriately priced. Yeah, not not all listed, all options listed, obviously, yeah. but that that's what they get. I you. think you shut it off about the right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like you, you shut it off at the right time. Monfils, Medvedev, maybe if I, you're forcing me to make a bet there, but I, you know, I don't know. Nadal is still Nadal. Uh, lady side, as far as the uh, the market currently, as we head into the quarters, quarters have already started, by the way, with a match between Maddie Keys and Krajikova, which I am not involved in. Maddie Keys, by the way, has become Maddie Keys again. Ash Body, minus 140. She has always been the favorite. She remains the favorite. She hasn't lost a set, or what was it? She hasn't lost a service game, something like 60-something yeah. in a row. Yeah. Igas Fiatek plus three thirty, my girl. Krajik of a seven to one. Everybody else double digits. We got a winner on Danielle freaking Collins yesterday. That was nice. How about these other names at the bottom? Alize Cornet, thirty to one. Kaya Kanepi, the Estonian, thirty to one. And Jesse Pagula, whose dad's Bills lost yesterday, thirty five to one. Um, this has always been from the beginning. There's a reason why I only had Sviatek and Barty futures. Barty, the same thing as Medvedev protecting against Verev. I have a Barty future to protect against Sviatek. If Eagle wins this whole thing, ooh, that's a nice little payday. The, 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 uh, and again, it's like the, those other the, the bottom names. They're they're nice and they're fine and yeah. all that. And it's like, and look, there there's far more random things that happen on the women's side than there is on the on the men's side. But it's just, you know, you look at the way these people are playing. And, and look, I was saying that about Sasha too, though. So I guess you know there is there is that. But again. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe he'll say something. Get food poison. I, I don't know. But it was just like the weirdest thing. It's like it was like from serve one. He just like this like weird body language. This whole like just kind of like I don't really care type deal that was going on until he finally started smashing rackets and stuff. Like it was just this is, it was this weird. is the thing about sports betting though. I think which yeah. is very telltale. It's like. When when the Titans lose on on Saturday, right? There's a couple of people. Oh, you are you He's like, no, nah, it was never the bet, right? The bet was they get to the number one seed, and I said very clearly, I'm like that. You set it up. That's why you make the bet. You set it up as well as you can. What happens after that? Hey, man, it's football. The thing with the with the with the Zverev bet, we got the greatest price ever. Yeah. We anticipated Djokovic being bounced from the country. Bounced is not a government term, by the way. It's mine. And so it's still a great bet. You have to understand. 
that you will make a lot of bets that you did very well in making them, and then it has to manifest that the actual players on the field have to cooperate, or the players on the court, or the players on the course, whatever it is. And you just have to be okay with that. The more you do that, though, the more you will win. And so I think this Zverev thing is just, hey, man, we'd have made the bet over and over. I'd have made the bet a, yep. a million times, especially knowing that, yeah, especially with the way things all play out with, with Djokovic actually not getting to, to play in the tournament. But it is a little it is a little deflating when you do look and you just kind of see a guy and you're like, oh, we have a completely different version of this dude today. And it was, and I sat there and watched it and didn't make a lot. I, I, what was I doing? I still, just, still hasn't won a major. Yeah. Which is interesting. Do, he almost won one. Dominic Team beat him at the mm-hmm. U.S. Open, famously the one where Djokovic threw the ball at the umpire, and the umpire fell like, <sighs> you know, lineswoman fell like, like she had been shot. Um, that was his shot. Will we see him win one? Eventually, probably, but probably should have won now, you know, more as Djokovic, Nadal, and... Federer have dominated the sport, and we'll see Medvedev with one major under his belt get a whole bunch more as well now at some point. So Barty Swatek, Swatek that, that's the appropriate short shot at plus 160. That was the appropriate short shot from the beginning of the tournament, quite frankly. That's why those are the only two ladies that I bet on to win it all. Wow, Danielle Collins versus Barty is the second? That surprises me a little. Huh. I wouldn't have expected that to be the second short shot, quite frankly. And only those five options listed. If, I, if you forced market. me to make a bet, right, the other one, if you forced me to make a bet, it was Monfils versus uh, versus Medvedev, if you forced me. If you forced me here, I'd go Matty Keys versus Fiatek, even though Matty Keys could lose this match, for all we know. But that would be the one at 10-1. to Because Madison Keys, who has been to a major final in the U.S. Open, remember, I believe it was 2016, 2017, something in there, she lost to Sloane Stevens. She's regained her hardcore swag, so that's something. NBA, we got a couple uh, tip-offs here coming up. Yeah, what, one game. Uh, no, no late West Coast games tonight. So this is on NBA TV tonight. So I believe that's why it is uh, six ten Pacific time, nine ten Eastern. Uh, Jazz at the Suns. Suns laying twelve to twelve and a half points in this game. Two twenty to two twenty one. You can find the total at. Uh, there are a lot of guys out on the Jazz side. Let me start with the Suns, though. DeAndre Ayton will not go tonight. Um, Cameron Payne, who's been out, uh, he's out still. Jay Crowder out uh, for the Suns tonight. On the Utah side, you will not have Gobert. You will not have Mitchell. You will not have Royce O'Neal. You will not have Boyan Bogdanovich. You will not have Joe Ingles. You will not have Mike Conley. That is um, their entire starting lineup, plus... uh, Plus uh, their best guy off the bench. Um, Hassan Whiteside will go, though. So if you if you like the Jordan Clarkson show, you're going to get a lot of that in uh, from Utah tonight. Um, this game's pretty pretty unbettable when you're talking about that that much of the bench playing. I, I don't really go, jump to games like that, but if you're interested in it, um, Matt, we all, we always look at we always, we always say look at some of these other guys for prop numbers and stuff like that. I, the one thing I can promise you, I'm not make, running to make the bet, but Jordan Clarkson is going to put up about 30 shots tonight. So uh, I, I would I would not argue against an over on his point prop. Yeah, that'd be that that would be the look anyway, right? I mean, like just feeling a little bit more confident in someone putting up shots as opposed to like whether you want to play a side in this thing. Yeah, Texas Tech play, uh, plays Kansas a little later on too. Here, top of the hour, uh, actually six minutes from now, five minutes from now, Big 12 basketball uh, at. 
Kansas, I believe this one. Is this at, uh, yes, it is at Kansas. Seven and a half point favorites, Jayhawks are. In that one, that starts again, oh, let's call it 10 minutes from now. Starts a little bit after the hour. Uh, and by the way, the Ryan Hyatt question about, uh, you know, what flaws were covered up this past weekend. We talked about it. That the Bengals' flaws were there in, you know, full glory. I, I, I just think the Niners' flaw was there, too, in full glory. Yep. But it is up for handicappers to sort of remember Jimmy G could have thrown about three or four pick sixes. Like, that didn't happen and could very well have happened. That's the thing with him, though. For every horrific pass he throws, then he'll throw a dime. Like, you have to give it to him in crunch time. He's been he's been great, although he does, of course, have Debo to rely on, which is fabulous. Nine, what is he? Nine and two, Jimmy Garoppolo, when throwing zero touchdown passes. Three and oh in the playoffs. Tank Williams next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.